Nick Script P2W Fantasy Podcast. We have the Dynasty Transactions Show Part 2 for 2023. So I said this last week, but through the offseason, I will address some buys, sells, holds for Dynasty Leagues with clear reasonings to why. Being active and buying players who have had dips in their prices and selling those with inflated prices is capitalizing on values in Dynasty. I'm going to reference throughout this podcast, Keep Trade Cut, a.k.a. KTC. It's a website. It's a source for market comparisons. I don't buy fully into any sort of trade calculator, and I'm not suggesting you should, but the site became popular showing to a degree where the market is on certain players because you can type in a specific player and see what sort of values are similar to theirs when looking for a trade. So last episode, I mentioned uh, shopping Isaiah Hodgins, holding on buying until later, buying Khalil Shakir, selling Isaiah Pacheco, buying Deontay Johnson, and buying J.K. Dobbins. 10-minute episode, very easy listen. I suggest uh, checking that out if you are listening to this and have another 10 minutes of time uh, in your car ride. But today we'll start off things with buying Marquise Brown. So Hollywood Brown ended up missing week 7 through 11 with injury. Prior to this, though, weeks one through six, he was the wide receiver five overall and averaged 18.3 fantasy points. Weeks three, four, and five, he scored over 20 fantasy points for those three games straight. In this span, he had four out of six of these games with double-digit targets. Games of 140, 88, and 78 receiving yards, three touchdowns again in that span. Obviously, this was without DeAndre Hopkins, who was suspended. Upon his return, Week 12, he had two games of double-digit scoring, but they were like 10, 12-ish points with the rest under 10. Keep in mind, Kyler Murray threw the ball one time following the Week 13 bye, so that had an impact with him not playing. Also keep in mind with Marquise Brown, he was a former first-round draft pick talent. He's had a season of 145 targets and over 1,000 yards receiving, Back in 2021, there's also been some rumors about DeAndre Hopkins being on the outs in Arizona. Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown were college teammates, and that connection looked solid early on. With the injury and the production dipping off for Hollywood, that can be a path to buying at a slight discount. So KTC mentions Damian Pierce and Terry McLaurin as equal values. I will take Hollywood Brown over both of those guys. Next, we have Sell Gabriel Davis. Sell Gabe Davis. High expectations for Davis coming into the season, stemming from rising towards the end of the 2021 regular season, then having that four-touchdown game, uh, not this playoffs, the playoffs before against Kansas City. Weeks 1 through 17, Davis averaged 11.8 fantasy points this season. That is less than players such as Zay Jones, Garrett Wilson, Jacoby Myers, Chris Olave, Brandon Ayuk, Christian Kirk, and Tyler Lockett, who I believe were all drafted after Gabe Davis. The appeal was a wide receiver tied to Josh Allen, who should operate as the wide receiver two in Buffalo with both receiving yards and touchdown upside. He had three games over 18 fantasy points on the year where that looked true, but he also had eight games under 10 fantasy points. 
I am sure the appeal is still, you know, still there for Gabe Davis. He did just have 113 receiving yards and a touchdown in their postseason game against the Dolphins. Massive inconsistency with fantasy production has been evident this year, though. I think partially because, in all honesty, he's not as great as people have hoped and think. Also, due to the fact that outside of Stephon Diggs, who had, you know, who was going to have the bigger day, seemed to rotate for Buffalo. Also, don't be surprised if they try to bring in another quality receiving weapon. This Buffalo team has been disappointing in the playoffs despite being one of the better offenses on paper the last few years. I would not be surprised if they try to be aggressive to change that. KTC lists Dalton Schultz in somewhat early 2023 seconds as even options, which I like more than Gabe Davis. Dak Prescott in single quarterback leagues is listed too. I like that more than Gabe Davis. I'm just not in on a guy that I wasn't super in on before, especially after a disappointing season. Next, we have by Kadarius Toney. I've talked about timing in dynasty leagues tied to the NFL playoffs. All eyes are on the players still playing. I mentioned capitalizing on performances to sell players and then holding off on anyone doing well during the playoffs because simply it's, it's not the time. Tony is still playing, so this may be a delayed transaction for you. But Kansas City did invest in Tony, sending two 2023 draft picks for him. Another standout for this situation is that Juju Smith, Juju Smith Schuster, Miko Hardman, and Justin Watson are all set to be free agents for 2023. This would leave MVS, who I don't think is very good, and then Sky Moore, the rookie, and other deeper wide receivers on the roster. The risk would be if Kansas City goes on to pursue someone else that could be their alpha wide receiver with Travis Kelsey being another alpha option in that offense. One of the biggest uh, biggest asterisks with Tony has been health the last two seasons. He missed nine full games alone this season. We do know that he has had that Debo Samuel ability in his bag to be a dual threat wide receiver. We saw in week 18 him carry the ball three times for 26 yards and a touchdown for Kansas City, so they utilize him to a degree in that way. In the divisional round, Tony carried the ball once for 14 yards, so it was used in that way again. What stands out, though, is the seven targets, which to me is significant, especially seeing that he only played 29% of the snaps, and it was a closer game. The hope here is that, one, he stays healthy. Two, he continues to have a future... Uh, Debo-like usage, and three, he carves out a consistent role in one of the best offenses in the league. Closer to your rookie draft, I'm wondering if a late second-round draft pick gets the job done to get Tony on your team and take that chance. Next, sell Brock Purdy. Second time mentioning it, but all eyes are on the NFL player still playing on the weekends. Brock Purdy specifically has been one of the best stories in the NFL, and he deserves that. Drafted as Mr. Irrelevant, and he's fucking balling out right now. Weeks 13 through 18, stepping in, he threw two touchdowns in every single game with three in week 18, only three interceptions during the span. He produced well in that San Francisco system and had a few top 10 fantasy performances. Wildcard round, he went off having his best game of the year, throwing for 332 yards and three touchdowns while rushing for one as well. He didn't follow it up that great in the divisional round against Dallas, but they still got the W, which means he is still playing. I respect what he's done. Many attribute his success to the system, which, you know, which 
Um, consists of a quality O-line and several players who provide a ton after the catch. McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk. But you have to make the throws at the end of the day, and he's been doing that. Value-wise, in super flex leagues where you can start two quarterbacks, KTC has the following as equal trade options. 2023 early second round pick, A.J. Dillon, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson. It kind of shows you how much of a value he's taken forward, Brock Purdy, being that he was not worth anything a couple of weeks ago. Will Purdy have a shot to start in 2023? I'm sure he's earned that that chance. Uh, is there a chance either Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance take those keys straight away from him? Absolutely. So I, I feel like, you know, now with all eyes on him, capitalize on the value because does he have a shot next year to be the starter? Sure. Will he be a 10-year starter in this league? I'm probably not going to bank on it. Another sell is going to be Damian Pierce. So Damian Pierce had a very James Robinson-esque sort of season this year, being a running back that did not have a ton of competition on a poor offense that stole the job and was given a ton of volume. Fourth round draft pick investment by Houston that ended up being a huge piece of their team. Weeks three, four, and five, he scored 18.1, 25.9, and 20.3 fantasy points, which had fantasy leagues on full notice. Three straight touchdowns in those games, with week four consisting of 131 rushing yards and six catches. Two games over 130 rushing yards on the year, six games of three-plus catches as well. The issue was that he started to trend down following the week six bye. Three weeks after... uh, three weeks straight of 20 plus touches, but he ranged like 13, 14, 15 ish points. He went downhill from there with weeks 10 through 14, all under 13 fantasy points. Some of those uh, games were showing some poor efficiency as well uh, in the yards per carry department that he was solid in earlier in the season. He then hit the IR missing all of weeks 15 on, which was disappointing for the fantasy playoffs. We saw what happened to James Robinson following his big season. The Jags brought in Travis Etienne. The next season, now we can point to a questionable organization in Jacksonville. We can point to Urban Meyer being stupid, but we can also acknowledge that although Houston has many holes to fill, bringing in another running back is not unrealistic. It's actually completely necessary, I feel like, building an offense. So although there is a chance Pierce earned the job to open up in 2023, and maybe he does keep it, there also uh, may be a chance that this is the last few months that you can sell Pierce as the clear Houston running back one. I also bring up Pierce because KTC lists him as having similar value to J.K. Dobbins, which I talked about on the last episode, and D.J. Moore, which I completely disagree with. I would take both Dobbins and D.J. Moore clearly over Damian Pierce. If I can get a late first right now or one of those two guys, I'm parting ways 100%. Last buy here is going to be by Lamar Jackson. The last time Lamar Jackson played football was December 4th, 2022, which was 51 days ago. He played 14% of the snaps that day and then five straight games out. He missed the wild card round as well. He also scored under 17 fantasy points four times in his 11 full games, which drew some concerns. Tons of turmoil with contract speculation. Is he going to be a Raven next season? He's Uh, unrestricted free agent in 2023 will they try to franchise tag him 
management pays other guys like Roquan Smith. They haven't paid Lamar, but they also come out and say, hey, we want to get back into negotiating with him. Strange uh, situation. How your league values Lamar Jackson is likely very different than how mine does or the next guy's league. This comes with how people view situations like Lamar's where he started scoring not the way you like. He had some injuries, which often get inflated because it's tied to a running quarterback. And then there's speculation about his future. This is where you come in as a smart dynasty manager and go price check Lamar Jackson, one of the most elite fantasy quarterbacks you can roster. The same Lamar who opened up the season as the quarterback seven, quarterback one, quarterback one the first three weeks, throwing three, three, and four passing touchdowns while pairing two of those games with 119 and 107 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. The same Lamar Jackson with two seasons over 1,000 yards rushing under his belt with the MVP season under his belt, 36 passing touchdowns under his belt, the number one fantasy finish under his belt. If the last two seasons are concerning with him missing time and you want to avoid this, sure, then then do that. I just feel capitalizing on dips in values to elite fantasy assets is what makes a great dynasty fantasy manager. The last general point I want to make here is going to be about selling players. So often in the offseason, we look at players at a certain age and think, I need to get this guy off of my roster ASAP. When in general, a lot of managers are looking at players in the same light and avoiding trading for older veterans. I'm not saying don't shop those veterans, but I am saying if you get to a point where you are shopping them and it's not working out, just hold first like selling for dirt cheap. Example, Keenan Allen, he's 30 years old. Is someone right this second buying high on Keenan Allen? Probably not. He missed time, which is always concerning for veterans. But what did he come back to? Him being Keenan Allen and balling out. Eight games between weeks 11 through 18 played, with half of them scoring over 20 fantasy points. Three games in that span of 14 targets. Are the wheels noticeably you know, falling off for him? Not really. So why sell now for whoever sends you the best shitty offer? Why not, get in, uh, why not get into next season, have him start balling out once again at that level, and then try to sell him at that time for uh, actual value? I'm just using him as an example here with the bigger picture to, yes, shape the team, uh, your dynasty team, in the direction you want, but do not jump on selling guys just for anything or who, you know the best possible low offer at the end of the day. So Dynasty Transaction is going to do this show uh, pretty often, but also like don't want to be telling you to buy and sell every player in the league, and then it just gets into me talking about everybody. But hopefully you guys took something away from this show uh, where my head is at. Uh, be sure to subscribe. Check out the last episode. If you are not already, always here with the intent to help you play to win.